They could sing that song all day. Well, I know they couldn't physically, but I wouldn't mind if they sang that song all day long. My God, my past erased, my name he changed. Let's testify. Aren't you thankful that you were not who you were? But I got even better news. You can still change even after you've been changed. Come on, somebody. You can still be changed today. My past erased, my name he changed. Let's testify. Y'all got it in you to sing one more time, just one more. Y'all just worship in this place today.
Vem. Aleluia. Aleluia. I wish somebody just worship him in this place this morning. To your neighbor, you might look crazy, but they don't know what he's brought you out of. They don't know what he's brought you through. I'm telling you right now. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. We honor your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We worship you, Lord. <laughs> if you're wondering what I'm doing, I'm waiting on the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A past erased. Hear me this morning. Your past, he erased. Don't you dare allow the enemy to tell you who you were. If he has been, tell him who you are. That you're blood bought, you're redeemed, you're forgiven, you're set free, you're walking in victory. The same power that raised Christ from the dead, the same power that defeated the devil, the death, hell, and the grave at the cross now dwells inside of you. I want to tell you this morning, you are not who you were. And if you are who you were today, you can leave changed. You can leave changed. There are people that would give anything to experience what you're able to experience in this place this morning. I hear of uh, Melissa and Terrence talk about when they were in Mexico and people literally would go come for hours, travel for hours just to get a taste of heaven on earth. And it's here. And I'm not in a hurry to get past it. Summer and I have had the privilege to, to do mission work in New Mexico on the Navajo Reservation. And when they came, they came to stay. They came to worship. They came to receive. And I know this morning that some of us or a lot of us have a lot of things on our minds. Am I going to be late for lunch? What's I, what I got to do tomorrow, I want to tell you right now, if you'll forget about all of that and wonder and, and stand in awe and wonder of God the Creator, the one who spoke creation into existence, I could tell you that things would be different in your life. I could go home right now and just be happy. But we're not. <laughs> wow. He's so good to us, church. He's so good to us.
This morning, they, uh, the children have prepared a video for all of you fine mothers. And uh, I'm so thankful for all the moms that are here. Thankful for all that you do. And if it weren't for you, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be here right now. And uh, So they prepared a video, and you guys can enjoy this uh, as they play it. Okay. Happy Mother's Day. I love you. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. I love you. I love you, Mom. I love you, Mommy. And you always decorate a church. And also, you're the best Mommy ever. Because you got me a Nintendo Switch and because um, you're always there for me. And I love you so much. Happy Mother's Day. Hi, Mom. I love you. I hope you have a good Mother's Day. And you are a great mom. Happy Mother's Day. I love it. Happy Mother's Day, and I love you, and I hope you'll love this video. It's pretty short, though. Bye. Hey, Mom, I love you. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. I love you, Mom. Happy Mother's Day, Mommy. I love you. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I hope you have a wonderful Mother's Day. And make sure uh, to let Dad uh, let you choose whatever you want to eat. Bye. Happy Mother's Day, Mommy. Happy Mother's Day. Have a great day. Love you. A mother like you, I just want to let you know, you mean the world to me. Only a heart as dear as yours would give so unselfishly the many things you've done. All the times that you were there helps me know deep down inside how much you really care. Even though I might say, not say, I appreciate all you do. Richly blessed is how I feel having a mother just like you. There's no love like like a mother's. Her heart is filled with care. With Christ as her example, he, her Savior's love she'll share. A mother's lo love is endless, not changing for all time. When needed by her children, a mother's love will shine. God bless these special mothers. God bless them, everyone, for all their tear and heartaches and special work they've done. When days on earth are over, a mother's love lives on through many generations. God's blessings on each one. Be thankful for our mothers who love with higher love from power God has given and strength from up above. Happy Mother's Day to you, Mom. Thank you for everything you do for our family. We'd be lost without you. You're the best. Now I guess the kids can go make something else for Mom, I reckon. <laughs> you guys can uh, be dismissed, I Right? Am I right? I feel like I'm saying something wrong. <laughs>
Y'all looking at me crazy. Kids are so quiet. They don't like to hear their voice, but they like to talk all the time. Yeah. Now you know what we hear all the time. <laughs> um, obviously, it is Mother's Day. If you didn't know, surprise, it's Mother's Day. And if you're a mom, happy Mother's Day. Uh, if you are not a physical mom, but I know you've been a mom to others and those around you, happy Mother's Day to you as well. Uh, I was fortunate enough to grow up with the best mom in the world who is not here anymore, but she was a good mother. She taught me to love unselfishly. Her love was blind. Her heart was gold. I posted some things on Facebook this morning, just kind of reminiscent of my mom. My mom was the queen of yard sales, shoes, and pocketbooks. And uh, that was pretty much her life. Uh, when she was not preaching, she was yard selling, looking for new pocketbooks and shoes. When my mom passed away, we, uh, we sent shoes to the entire uh, city of Philadelphia for all of them to wear. And uh, she had more shoes than you could imagine, pocketbooks. But she was a godly woman, uh, an anointed woman. Uh, but to me, she was just mom. And she was summoned to go preach all over the nation, and that was fine, and I'm proud of that, but she was just mom. There's nobody like moms, so uh, happy Mother's Day to you. And uh, obviously, there are some differences in moms and dads, uh, obviously. <laughs> uh, I hope there's, uh, it, but uh, one, in our house, uh, I have a beard and Summer does not. <laughs> uh, she shaved it yesterday. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Yes, I do have to go home with her today. And <laughs> right now she can't move very fast so I can say these things. And <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> yeah, I will go to sleep sometime. But there are some differences in moms, and uh, you know, when, when the children get older, they'll say, Mom, I'm going out, and Summer's quick to remind the kids, hey, you know, be careful, got your keys, got your phone, you got gas, you got blah, 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 you got all of these things, uh, and then when you get there, make sure you call me, and uh, don't speed, and I'm like, okay, uh, and that's, that's kind of it, um, or, or they'll ask the mothers, can, can we buy this? And, 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 and moms are, often will say, no. And, and a lot of times dad or yeah, sure, just uh, get some chips too. Uh, or, or maybe something to drink. And uh, I remember my, my mom and dad were the PTA, PTO, whatever you call them, presidents. Whew, man, they were prestigious people. Uh, not knowing that they had a good relationship with the principal when my brother and I skipped school for two weeks, that the principal would call my mom and dad. But anyway, before parent-teacher meetings, there's, uh, there's a lot that goes on, and, and moms will make sure they know all the teachers by name. They know the subjects that the kids are studying. They know their, the ins and outs. They know all of these things, all the projects going on, and dads are trying to remember what grade their kid's in, and that's kind of pretty much the, the gist of it. 
And uh, when the kids ask mom what's for dinner, and she'll name a thousand things, and they ask dads what is for dinner, and they say, where's your mama? Go find your mama. Go ask your mama. And uh, even when you're hurt, the kids will go to the mom, and they'll nurture them, they'll love them, they'll blow on the boo-boos, and kiss the boo-boos, and wash them, and put band-aids on them, and pull out ace bandages out of their pocketbooks. They have crutches tucked away somewhere in there. They got all of this stuff. And dads are like, just walk it off. You'll be all right. Just suck it up. You'll be okay. I remember when Noah broke his collarbone over at the treacherous snow park. Uh, and I won't mention the names of the people, but uh, they do go here. Um, and he broke his collarbone. I'm like, man, you're all right. Just let me pull it back in place. And, and I was, I was going to seriously do that. And uh, I found out that it was actually broken. But there are obviously differences in moms and dads, and uh, there should be. Uh, moms are nurturing, loving, and caring. Not that dads aren't, but it's just in a different way. Uh, so dads, we have our day coming, but today is their day. Uh, so, and you're still not going to know where they want to eat. It's all right. They're not going to tell you until you choose the wrong place. <laughs> but happy Mother's Day to you. If you're watching by live stream, we've had issues with Facebook and those things. If it is working now or not, I don't know. But you can also watch, uh, view on our YouTube channel uh, or through Christian World Media. Go there, uh, type in Lakeside Church. It is working right now, uh, so it is working. I know that there's been a lot of trouble with the Internet service around this area because they're building everything in this area. So when that happens, they begin to dig everywhere, and nobody calls before they dig anymore. They just pay the penalties and uh, affect everybody else. So anyway, if it cuts out, you can jump on one of those and you'll find us. And if you don't want to, whatever, that's fine too. But uh, you can watch us later. This morning, I want you to turn with me in your word to Exodus. Man, this is one of the most powerful portions of scriptures that a Mother's Day message could come from, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't really necessarily preach to theme messages around holidays or days we celebrate. I preach what I feel the Lord lays on my heart. And this morning I want to minister on this subject or using for a title, Heavy Hands. Um, and you'll understand in a little while. In Exodus chapter 17, uh, we're going to pick up in verses 8, uh, verse 8 through 16. And uh, we'll reference some other scripture as normal. But I want you to follow along with me if you're, if you're there. I, I hope so. I've given you time. If not, you can follow along on the screen. But beginning in Exodus chapter 17, verse 8 says, Then come, uh, came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I'll stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. <coughs> and I just skipped the whole entire chapter. So Joshua did as Moses had said unto him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. And they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat thereon. And Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands. And one on one side, one on the other side, his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book, and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, for I will utterly put it out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. 
And Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nisi. For he said, because the Lord has sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. We need to understand, and I believe that many do, many have uh, read, heard all this leading up to this point of passage of Scripture. But the previous seven verses in chapter 17, uh, leading up to that point, the Israelites had been led out of bondage. They had been led out of captivity in Egypt, and they were, they were uh, uh, free in a sense, but yet they were still bound. They crossed the Red Sea into the wilderness of Shur, and, and they couldn't find water to drink for three days. So they came to Mara, a place where water was, but the water was bitter. And Moses uh, sought the Lord, what should he do? And we know that he threw the tree into the water, and the water became sweet, which is a beautiful representation of the cross of Christ. When you place the, what he did into the bitter waters, they will always make it sweet. So Moses did as the Lord had instructed him, instructed him to. Then they came and they, they camped uh, at Elam. And, and, and there in this place was, was uh, plenty of water and shade. There were 12 wells and there were 70 palm trees. We read through the scripture and we learn that the Lord would take them from a place of wilderness to a place that was just, just kind of comfortable. And then all of a sudden you would get out of that place and you would go back into a place where there was nothing but God. There was nothing but God. There was no water to drink. So when you come here in these previous seven verses, uh, they, they had no water to drink. So the Lord told Moses to smite uh, the, the rock and, and the water would come out. And he did so. But this whole time, the Israelites complained and they murmured and they griped and they whined and moaned. Kind of like the people today. So here in chapter 17, they've been brought out of again a bondage of the of Egypt into the wilderness and into a dry and thirsty land where God showed up and he made that bitter water sweet and, and they, they again went on to camp at Elam uh, where the water was gracious and the shade was good and, and all seemed to be going well and in my mind this is a picture of a beautiful place and when I think of this I don't know why but I think of the Caribbean or the Caribbean however you want to call it I don't care which way you say it it's both right but that's what kind of what I picture a place that's just, ah, refreshing. But he promised him something more. A lot of times we get caught up and we are content with what we think is great when God always has more. He told them and he would give them a land that flows with milk and honey. And so they had to leave the comfortable place of the 12 wells and the 70 palm trees, the place of plenty of water and plenty of shade, and they went back into the wilderness of sin. Sounds like we just want to go, right? We just, oh, thank you, Lord. That's so good to me. So they went back into this place. They had no food. They had no water. They just had God. Sometimes he'll take those things from you to make you understand that he's all you need. But we've become complacent with what's good in our life, and that's what we're content with. I don't know why. I've said this over and over and over. But I'm afraid that many people will find themselves being so content with what they have, their blessing, and they will forget the blesser, and both will be gone before you know it. So here we are, they're, they're at a place that they 
think is forsaken, that this is God-forsaken place. They're at Rephidim, and they thirsted for water. So Moses cried out, and, and again, <coughs> the Lord heard him, and, and he wanted to know what to do because the people were ready to stone him. They were ready to, to kill him. So, so he told again Moses to smite the rock. The water will come out for them to drink. And so again, the Lord proved himself faithful. I want to know if we, anybody, and I'm sure we have, we've been there. It seems that, that every single place you turn, every time you take a step, something is going wrong. If anybody knows me well, they should know this about my life. Nothing ever is simple. Ever. It took seven pairs of jumper cable and four trucks to start the bus the other day. Not really, but literally took a while. Nothing can ever just be simple. And sometimes we become so frustrated that we just give up. We, we wonder why it always has to go wrong. You, you know that you're following the Lord. You know that you love the Lord. You know that you, you seek Him. You, you praise Him. You worship Him. And that He's brought you out of bondage. And, and, but all of a sudden, you find yourself overwhelmed in a situation because it seems that everywhere you turn, something is going wrong. Maybe your life's perfect. And if you are, it's very imperfect because you're lying to yourself. I want to let you know this morning, it's at that moment that you feel like uh, you're, you're, you're uh, swallowing sand or, or, or grasping for air or, or have nothing left in you at all. It's that moment that the end of the rope that the Lord proves himself again faithful. That he proves himself over and over and over again. I'm talking about physically and spiritually but yet you know deep down inside of you, even in that moment that you feel like giving up and throwing, it, throwing in the towel, that deep down inside of you, there's that yearning for more, that sense of wanting and longing for something more because He's promised me the, the good, the land that flows with milk and honey. Nobody else knows wh what you're going through or nobody else understands when you're talking about Jesus in the middle of the storm and they look at you or talk about you like you're crazy. They don't understand what, it, what you're doing. Uh, to, the, to the world, it might look crazy. But there's just no telling what you're going to do in, in that moment that Jesus gets a hold of you. So, so we come into this place of worship here and we sing a song and people can't understand why people are happy and, and they're crying and they're shouting and they're, they're living life to the fullest in the moment because they know that they had been in the place of wilderness and at this moment they're in the place of, of plenty of water and shade. But guess what? When you walk out of here, you're going to go back into a place that's not so pleasant. So, so we come to this place that we, we have yearned for or longed for and, and we find ourselves there and we don't want to leave. I, I, I'm afraid that many people that come into the church house have never been to that place because they come into the place like it's dreadful. And I'm about to say something might make some of you mad. But if we can't pay attention to the Word of God more than an hour, we've got a problem. There ain't nothing on your phone more important. There ain't nothing on Facebook more important. There ain't nothing you've got to do after, the, after church that's more important than what God has to say. I'm not, not me. I'm ignored all the time. We've got four kids. 
It's not, I'm talking about the Lord. And we wonder why our life may be in the place it's in. So we, we've, we've allowed the Lord, He's proven Himself again and again and again in our lives, and, and yet we still doubt Him. Yet we still question Him. Yet we still get mad at Him. And, and, and we find ourselves in this place, but even in that place, you know that I just can't quit. <coughs> in Malachi 3 and verse 10, most people often will use this in, in reference to, to tithe paying or, and, and, and giving uh, 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 whatever it may be, but bring you all the tithes, and obviously because it says tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, uh, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Now, now, this is not a message, this is not a, a teaching, not a preaching, not a sermon on tithe, because I know every time we do, somebody gets mad and leaves. It's talking about our not just money, God's blessed you with something called time. And you'll never get it back. I preached a message some time ago, 168 hours. And, and I think that's how many is in a week. If I'm, if I'm wrong, you could tell me. But we, 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 we equate this that if I bring my wallet out, when they take up the offering and I throw a, a, a $5 bill down in there, then that's just good enough. And God's going to continue to bless me and do with me what He will. And He's going to have His way in my life. Because I gave, I made 50 bucks this week. And I put five of it in the offering plate. Now God bless me. And we think that we can buy God's blessing. We think that we can buy His, His uh, presence. And we think that we can buy uh, uh, just, uh, I guess, our way into heaven. And unfortunately, there are a lot of so-called preachers that are out there pimping the gospel, and all they want is money. That's why they sell miracle water and prayer shawls and, and rocks from Jerusalem and all of these things. And let me tell you something. This is not just talking about money, but this is talking about time, your gift, your ability. What are you doing with it? Bring it to me. Give it to me. I will open up the windows of heaven. I don't know about you, but when we open our windows, we get gnats and mosquitoes and dust and pollen. But when the windows of heaven are open, there comes out a blessing that you can't contain. So if you don't want them open, then that's your business. But as for me and my house, we're going to bring everything we got to him. People tell you to quit, stop, quit, give up, don't do it. They told us that I've been told to, to, to I wouldn't do that. That don't make no sense. I, I wouldn't go there. Trust me, brother, you don't want to do that. And, and I listen and I, and I thank God for the wisdom. And I, all I hear, I don't hear the Lord speaking. I hear a Saul speaking. Well, I, I know what you've tried, but you've tried it with Saul's armor, and I'm, I choose not to do that. I choose just to walk in the way of the Lord. People tell you to quit and to give up, and you can just tell them to be quiet, and you just watch. I, I don't have to prove. You don't have to prove anything to anyone because all that you need has already been proven. It stood the test of time. So we're going to get into this portion right here we just read in Exodus 17, 8 through 16, the water coming from the rock. 
representation of the Holy Spirit. The water wasn't poured out because of the righteousness of the people. It wasn't poured out because Lakeside Church showed up. or It, didn't, it wasn't poured out because Moses. It was poured out because of the grace of God. And, 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 and right after the water gushed from the rock, we pick up in verse 8, and it's just a heavenly hoedown. <laughs> no. Amalek fought with Israel. What in the world? You know, when you go out of church and, and man, it was good and you feel like you're going to jump out of your skin and, and, and it just... And then you walk outside and there's Amalek. And you're like, oh, I'm going back in. You, I tell you what, you go on down to Butcher Boys and eat them, eat them, whatever they got out there. I'm going back in. I'm going back into the house. I don't want to see Amalek today. Right after the Holy Spirit poured out, Amalek shows up. Because we know that God fights for us, but I want to tell you right now: if you think the devil is not going to fight for you either, then you have been deceived. So, so, so Amalek, he, he came and he fought. And this, is, this is Galatians 5 and 17. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit. And the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to the one, one to the other. So that you cannot do the things that you would. Meaning that, that this was Paul's life, right? That I'm doing what I don't want to do. And I can't do what I do want to do. And I don't understand why. Until you come to this place in your life. That, that oh wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? So inside of you. You have a sin nature dwelling. But it's not ruling. Listen to me. If you think sin has disappeared. Because you said yes to Jesus. Then you need to really listen. The sin nature is there, but it's dormant. It's not ruling your life. Romans 6 and 14, for sin shall not have dominion over you. It never says it leaves. Again, we think we're so important that we think that the devil wants us. No, he wants your faith to be shifted. He cares nothing about you. He cares nothing at all about you. So, so these things were contrary to one another. Obviously they are. So we, we see a change. Moses said something to Joshua. <coughs> he said, uh, 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 Joshua, choose us out men and, and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I'll stand on top of the hill with a rod of God in my hand. Choose them, go out and fight. Before they were told to stand still and watch and see his salvation. But now they were told to go out and fight. There, there's, a, there's a difference between justification and sanctification. And, and it's, it's easily understood if you want to look at it this way. Justification is Christ fighting for us. And sanctification is Christ fighting in us. And he's going to continue to fight in you as long as you stay in Christ. And it's not us going out physically warring against something, but it's the Christ that's in us. That I'm going to stand, I'm going to be a sham. I'm not leaving the pea patch no more. 
I'm not, I'm not standing here looking for a fight. And I'm not, we're not talking about all out bare knuckles. We're, we're talking about the Lord fighting in us. I'm going to watch you do it. I'm going to watch you have your way. So Joseph, jo, uh, Joseph uh, Joshua did as Moses had told him. And he, and he fought with Amalek. Amalek resent, uh, represents that old carnal nature. Because there's a fight that's always going to go along. Yesterday, I found that old man trying to get up out of the grave. The umpire called the game in the middle of my daughter's bat, at bat. Oh, brother. It was about to be on. And I had to walk with my hands in my pockets and just get in the car. Because that old man about came back out. You messed up my daughter's at bat. And I'm about to take that bat and do something that ain't right with it. Oh, I know y'all, y'all saintly, and y'all, y'all, y'all think y'all sitting at the right hand of, the, of, of Jesus while He's at the right hand of the. I got all that. I got you. But I'm gonna tell you right now that Amalek. He just said it's gonna be to generation to generation. It don't mean it's gonna rule over you. It don't mean it's gonna reign in your life. But He's gonna be there. He just, he just, that's the thorn that was in Paul's side. God did not remove it. He said, my grace is sufficient for thee. What's the thorn? We, I don't care. Why do we want to know? Why do we care what it was? He just, we just need to know the answer. My grace is sufficient for thee. So you go to verse 11. When Moses held his hands up, Israel prevailed. This, this young man sitting right here to your, my left, your right, preached a message some months ago that victory comes through surrender. Well, Moses had his hands in the air. Israel prevailed, and when he let his hands down, Amalek prevailed. When he had his hands up, Israel prevailed. When he let his hands down, Amalek prevailed. When I have my hands up and surrender, Christ is in me. He's fighting for me. But when I put them down and I'm ready to duke it out on my own, I'm going to get my rear end kicked every single time. And I want to tell you right now, there's a lot of folks that find themselves with heavy hands. And they're worn out because they're engaged in a fight that they don't belong in because they feel like I got to do this on my own. Can't nobody do it like I can do it. Can't nobody take care of business like I can take care of it. And you're exactly right. Because you are wearing you out. What's this got to do with mamas? A lot. In the wilderness, the dad obviously helps the reproduction part. The dad's out chilling, the grizzly bear's out chilling in the river catching salmon. The mama's catching salmon too, but she's giving it to her babies. And then when the predator comes in, it's the mama who goes fights. And the dad's like, Sam, this salmon's awesome. I got front row seats to a, to a dinner. I mean, this is awesome. But we take that mentality over into our lives. And we want to do it. We want to take care of them. We want to fight. And we want to we duke it out with the devil. I, let me tell you something. Mom, dad, uh, aunt, uncle, daughter, son, friend, anything in between all of that, you are no match for the devil. None of you. 
None of you watching, none of you that's in this place, you are not a match for him. And, and if that hurts your feelings, then just get over it because I'm telling you the truth. I am not a match in me. I am no match for the devil. When I have my hands up in surrender, then the Lord will prevail. But when I bring them down and I'm ready to take them on, I'm going to get tore up every single time. So when his hands was up, it was total dependency on the Lord. When our faith is in him and, 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 and anchored in him and it finished work, it's his victory is our victory. But outside of Christ, there is no victory at all. But Moses' hands were heavy. There's a time in your life where you get tired. You're going to face it. It's heavy. You wore out. I don't know if I can do this anymore. I don't know if I can keep going. I found myself in that place quite a few times over the last eight years. But, but they, were, they were heavy, so they took a stone and they put it under him and he sat there on and Aaron and her stayed up his hands, the one on one side, the one on the other, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Our own efforts will wear us out, but once we are resting on the rock, Christ. Did he, did, 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 did the word that tells us that he, he pulled us from the miry clay, he placed our feet upon a rock. And established our goings. So once we are resting in Christ and, and placing our faith in, in Christ and, 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 and resting on the rock of our salvation, uh, we, but, but we're oftentimes uh, uh, guilty of trying to hold our own hands up. <coughs> when I was younger, obviously I grew up in Pentecostal churches, Church of God specifically. Uh, I, could, I didn't know... I didn't understand why church had to last until 3 o'clock. Now, I didn't know. And I remember being little and trying to repeat because, you know, the old saints, they, they had to pray through. And uh, I'm like, how long is this going to take? I mean, and I would be trying to uh, repeat what I would see. I was just a kid. I, I was mimicking what I would see. And I, I'd be like this. I fell down on the, hallelujah. Then I get tired of it. Everyone like oh, trying to trying to make a kickstand because I was trying to hold my hands up and and this is a representation really spiritually of what we are. We're just trying to we're trying to make it. We're trying to endure to the end. I'm just pressing on, brother. How you doing? Oh man, Woo. it's a tough road to hoe, brother. But I'm making. I'm just trying to do it. That's the problem. I'm just trying to. We all found ourselves, I don't know what to do. Good. You're in the best place you've ever been in your life. What are you talking about? When you don't know what to do. When you don't know where to go. When you don't know who to talk to. When you don't know if one more tear could come out of your, your eye socket. When you don't know if anything else is in you just to say anything else. When you find yourself finally having to sit down on the rock. And surrender. When you find yourself in the place of total submission to the Lord, that's the best place you could ever be. Because then you're going to find out that He is all that you need. But I want to tell you something. Church folk, body of Christ, we have a responsibility also with one another. Psalm 3 and verse 3 says, But you, O Lord, are a shield for me, 
my glory and the lifter of my head. It's in Christ alone that we find rest for our weary souls. And I'm here to tell you that sometimes, again, you just get tired. But 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11 tells us to edify one another. Not to eat one another, edify one another. To lift one another up in prayer. To encourage one another. But let me tell you something. Don't get caught up in the, 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 the craziness. Why you're trying to encourage somebody. If they want to tell you what, uh, what Jimmy Joe did to them to make them this way, shut that down. Gossip, Robert Kratzer posted, made a post, gossip will end with the wise man's ear. Shut it down. It don't matter what they did, and it may have hurt you, that's, but I'm here to tell you that God will keep you and take you through, that He is your sustainer, He is your strength. So we need to edify one another, be there for one another, look at those around you, do you know what they're going through? I'm not telling you to be nosy. But have you thought about what, 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 could, what could they be going through? What, what Lord, uh, I don't need to know, but Lord, I just sense something in my spirit that's not right. Lord, touch them, move in their life, whatever the situation is. But a lot of times we're so consumed with being busy and being, being involved that we have no idea who's around us or what's going on. No clue. We need to encourage one another, strengthen one another, cheer one another on. And uh, <coughs> my, I guess it may, if it is a secret, it's not going to be. Uh, baseball is my favorite sport. And in baseball, you learn a lot about life. And I relate a lot about baseball to a spiritual walk with the Lord. And in baseball, you're taught to give yourself up to advance your teammates. What are you talking about? If I got a man on first and second, my batting average is 1,000 for the tournament, and, 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 and I got one out or no outs, my, my job is to move the runners closer to home. So if I got to give up my perfect average, mean I got to back, I'll have to backside the ball or lay down a bunt to the right side of the field to advance the runners over, then I did what I was supposed to do because it didn't matter if I, if I nicked my perfect uh, average I did what I was supposed to do. Or, or if the batter pops the ball up, the pitcher is automatically, it's, it's here, here, here. He's directing if it's going to the catcher, telling him where it's at because he's got all his stuff on and can't see. Or if it's in the outfield and it's going to center field and Terrence is playing and I'm at left field and he's going back and I'm telling him, you got room, you got room, you got room, you got room. I'm his eyes. But in life, in church, in our spiritual walk, we're all consumed with just us. What can we do? What can we get? How good can it be for me? Not, not, not someone else. So we learn a lot about life. Do we really know each other well enough to call ourselves family? We are the family of God. And let me tell you something. Uh, the family of God has uh, dysfunctions too. <laughs> but guess what you do? You work through them and you keep going. 
But the enemy has done everything but 100% destroy what the family is now. And, and if you want to know where we stand, we believe that family is constituted in marriage between a naturally born man and a naturally born woman. Period. Why would you say that? Because now they're having surgery to change all that, but it still don't change what you are. But we change an altered family because now marriage has become a trial run, a test drive. If I don't like it, I'll get it annulled or I'll get a divorce and I'll move on to the next car, the next victim. <laughs> Some people's lives. <laughs> and we'll move on. But see, church has become this too because the family of God has operated this way too because if the preacher said something I didn't like, then I'm going to take my bags and I'm going to go to the next family. If, if they didn't shake my hand, then I'm going to go to the next family. Or if they changed the color of the carpet that I loved and adored, I'm going to the next family because I didn't like it. And we've, we've begun, began to function as a family as the world has functioned for years, and we wonder what's going on. Do we encourage one another? Do we understand that right after the glorious moment in your life, right here this morning was wonderful. I felt, I mean, I came within a, a, a frog hair of running. <laughs> you ain't ever seen a frog hair? It was that fine of a line. <laughs> I just about took off. Why? Because of what was going on inside of me. What was going on inside of me was I couldn't contain the joy, the zeal. But guess what? What's going to come tomorrow or later today? I don't know. But I know that Amalek's going to be there. But i got to know that my, my victory is in Christ Jesus. So we've got to understand that after that glorious moment, the enemy is going to try to come in to steal and kill and destroy what you receive. Why? John 10, 10 tells us that's why. The thief come but to steal, kill, and destroy. That's it. Nothing else. The word is enough. And, and, and what, I, what I've read to you, what we went over this morning and talking about Amalek and, and talking about fighting and, 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 and all of these things is all grand and glorious. But, uh, but listen, where are those Aaron and her or er, however you say his name, that will hold up the hands of the brothers and sisters because their hands are heavy. Because I've been, I've been going at it for quite some time, but I'm surrendering. But even in my surrender, my hands are still heavy, and I need somebody to pray right beside me to help me keep going, to encourage me, to tell me it's going to be all right. You're going to make it. You just keep holding on to the Lord. We might need to get back to a little bit of old-fashioned praying through, spend a little time at the altar and seeking the face of the Lord, worried about what He thinks more than worried about what's going to run out at Butcher Boys. I find it disheartening when we have someone make their way to the altar and everybody else is standing there looking at them. I hope they're going to be all right, Jeff. I hope you're going to be okay. 
Because if we had an ounce of empathy in us that Christ the Holy Spirit puts in us, we should be praying for them. You can do that at your seat. I'm not, I'm not talking about everybody coming up here and just laying on. I'm talking, you can do that at your seat. But don't, listen, this is not a spectator thing. And, and, and let, me, let me just, while I'm here talking about praying for people, the Lord never instructs us to push people around and shake people and hit them with a Bible. And if you got bad breath, get you some chewing gum before you come up here. Why did I just say that? That is the truth. I remember being in youth camp up in Whittier, and I had this man praying for me. I was like, dear God, Jesus. Can you please deliver this man from whatever he ate? This smells like a skunk on steroids. There it is. Once a week. <laughs> I almost made it. But we need to encourage one another. Moms. They got a, like, we got a lot of moms with heavy hands. And, and hear me clear. What I'm, what I'm about to say, I say in love. I say with the utmost respect, I don't know what it's like to be a mom, obviously. I am not one. Praise God. But a lot of the heavy hands come from our own doings. And our own doings can be with a well-intentioned. And, and again, going back to the, 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 the bears and all those things, we can be engaged so much in something that we're fighting for that we have found ourselves alone and pushed everything away. And, 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 and that's a reality. But it don't mean that they're to be discarded and pushed aside and thrown away. Because if we're all honest, we found ourselves there at some point in time. But then there are those who are here today with heavy hands because you've just been through it. You have been through the ringer. You don't know what to do. It was all that you could do this morning to get up, get yourself dressed, and get to the house of worship. And you don't know what's going to come tomorrow. You don't know what kind of hell you're going to face today. But listen to me clear. If you lift your hands and surrender. And if you can't lift your hands, you find you somebody that will get beside you and lift them with you. And I'm telling you that if you'll keep your hands raised and surrender, victory will steadily be there. Because we still serve the man who can. We still serve a God who changes things. We still serve the Christ, the risen Savior, that, that, that can set the captive free and heal the sick and mend the broken hearts and, and restore broken families and, and make the wretched clean, to, to make the heathen holy, to the sinner saved, the rejected accepted, he can still make the lost be found. That man, uh, the, he uses the, 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 the foolish thing
saints to confound the wise. We're talking about the one who can still the, or impart the waters of trouble and, and the one who can say peace to your storm. The one and the only one who is calling out uh, you and has been and still is calling you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Not only can he do all of those things, but he still shuts the mouths of lions. He still heals the lepers. He's still bringing dead back to life. And I still know that at the mention of his name, all of hell still trembles. And I still know He's still sovereign, and yet He's still lowly and meek at heart. And uh, He still forgives the sinner and the saint. We still serve the God who saved us from an eternal hell. Who's called us to live an abundant life. We still worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one that is divine and that we are a branch, the lily in our valley, that bright and morning star, the Adam, the advocate, the Almighty, the Alpha, the Omega, the author and finisher of our faith. We still serve the bread of life, the cornerstone, the counselor, the door, the first and the last, the good shepherd, the great high priest, the head of the church, Emmanuel. We still serve the I Am, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the King of the Jews, the King of the Saints. He is the light of the world and He is the Messiah. He is our Passover. He is the Prince of Peace. He's the Redeemer, the Rock, the Rose of Sharon. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And I don't know if you know who you're raising your hands and surrender to, but He is my shelter and my source. He is most importantly my Savior and He is my peace in the midst of the storm. I don't know what you're lifting your hands to, but I'm lifting my hands to my Redeemer who has healed me, who has kept me and delivered me. And even in the middle of the desert of my life, He has smote the rock and poured the Holy Spirit out from me. So you can lift your hands to what you want and who you want. But as for me, I'm lifting my hands to the King. He is Jehovah Elion, the Most High. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He is Jehovah Nakadesh, my sanctifier. He is Jehovah Nisi, our banner. And He is Jehovah Shema, our present Lord. He told Joshua in, in Joshua 1 and 5 that I'll never leave you nor forsake you. His reach is limitless and His grace is sufficient and His work is finished. And I don't know if you find yourself this morning with heavy hands. But if you'll surrender to Him. If you'll submit yourself to Him. If you'll, if you'll avail yourself to Him. Because I'm going to tell you right now, Amalek ain't going away. He's there. He's going to be there tomorrow. He's going to be there this afternoon. But God said that He'll never leave nor forsake you. And a lot of folks in this place and a lot of church folk around this world and maybe you that watch have found yourself believing the eyes of the lies of the enemy because I listened to Amalek a little bit too long or I let him in the door and he had a little bit of heyday in my life. I want to tell you something. The devil is a liar.
I'd be lying to you if I told you I wasn't very concerned about some folks here. Because Amalek's all over you. And I don't believe in, in, in saying names and calling out, but I know what the Lord has spoken to my heart, and I know what the Lord has shown me. And I want to tell you, and I said this the other night, there are some folks that come to Lakeside Church that are in a dangerous place. And if you don't surrender yourself, you're going to find yourself surrendered to all that you, you desire. Sold out 100%, and you'll find yourself alone. I ain't saying that to, to bring down the mood. I'm telling you today, today, you come in this place with heavy hands. I ain't like it's all right because we know how to do that. But I'm asking today, will you surrender? Jesus said to come unto him, all that labor under heavy laden. And he didn't say, just come. He said, when you do, I will give you rest. So I'm asking you this morning if you'll surrender yourself to him. All of you. All of you. Hear, listen, hear me clear. I ain't, we're not talking about being here 24-7. I don't want to be here 24-7. I'm not talking about not having extracurricular things going on in your life. We do. I got all of that. I, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about us. You can be surrendered to Him and still play softball or baseball or, or, or whatever. Ride on a boat. Or if you like badminton, I don't know. But will we surrender to Him? All of us. Or are we going to keep playing and pretending, that's ah, all right. It's all right. And the most dangerous person in the world that could be deceived is yourself. I don't, I don't, senior musicians, you guys can come. Mothers are special people, as well as everybody else. And mothers carry a little different burden than, than most do, because there's a different attachment to the, to the child. But I want to tell you something. Hear me. Amalek is still not going to go away. As much as you think you can do to stop it, it's not going nowhere. If you want to know how to uh, experience the peace that passes understanding, it comes through surrender. It comes through submitting yourself to God. This, this picture image has been going in my mind all week, for really for a couple weeks now. <coughs> when I was in the 7th or 8th grade, there was a, a, a war, wasn't very long, but it was called Desert Storm. And I remember watching on the news because 
the, the Air Force of, of, of the Iraqi army was at that time pretty, pretty tough. And at that time, our United States military took out all their airstrips, all of the stuff that took their strength away, and they invaded like none other had ever seen. And when they went in and they showed on the news people running, running through the desert. Some dude had a bull's jersey on. It was like this. The troops were coming in, the Humvees, the tanks were coming at them, and they were out there like this right here. I don't want no part of this. I ain't got nothing on me but a white flag and a bull's jersey. I don't want none of that. You want me to tell you how to stop fighting? Surrender. It don't mean you're a loser. It don't mean that you didn't have it in you. It means that you had enough sense in you that I cannot do it anymore. Wouldn't it be something if you just came down and the, and the Lord began to touch your heart and you just like this right here, Lord? I surrender all to you today. I surrender it to you. My hands are heavy. And I want to tell you something. I encourage if the Lord lays it on your heart. But be very sensitive to the Holy Spirit. If someone responds, you may need somebody to pray with them. Why? Because we're supposed to. This morning I want you to stand. I want to encourage you this morning. You're not the only one that is dealing with craziness. You're not the only one that the enemy seems to be or trying to wreak havoc in your family. You are not the only one who had to get up and encourage yourself just to get here. You're not the only one who will face hell tomorrow. We're together in Christ, the body. He's the head. And I'm telling you today, just surrender to Him. Surrender. As they sing this morning, however you feel the Holy Spirit drawing and leading you, but I encourage you to surrender to Him today and let Him pour out in your life.
I'm afraid that we have become so good at pretending that we've forgotten what's real. And I'm not, I'm not talking, I'm just people in general. Because once you've experienced the real, you don't want anything else. Nothing else will do. And I don't know if, if, if you're watching or you're here and you're wondering or whatever. I want to just tell you, speaking for us here, Lakeside, we're just real. And I don't want to see anyone being left behind. So I'm not scared, I'm not afraid to slow down and just wait. And to experience the Lord together. He's begun to do something and will continue to do it. People are coming to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and we're grateful for it. Not only here, but in Yadkinville, that campus as well. And I want to tell you that it just keeps on getting better. It just keeps on getting better. Lord, we thank you for your presence in this place. Lord, we even thank you that you take us through those places of wilderness in our lives or allow us to go there. Lord, but we thank you that you're faithful. You're just. You're always there. Lord, and I pray that we would just continue to seek your face in all that you have. Lord, and I pray that you would just continue to pour out your spirit, Lord, and let us be obedient to you. Continue, Lord, to send them from north to south, east and west. Lord, for those that have found themselves in discontentment or frustration or aggravation or whatever it may be, Lord, I pray that you would bring peace to their life. You would bring comfort to their life. We thank you, Lord, for all that you have done and all that you will do. We give you the glory and the honor, Lord Jesus. In your name, Lord, amen. Amen. I want, uh, as the kids are coming in, I I want uh, I want you guys to do something with us. We got a young man standing right here that's hungry. And I wouldn't often do this, but I want to do what I feel the Lord's telling me to do. I want you to stretch forth your hands. And Zeke, I'm believing the Lord's going to do something for you that you've only ever dreamt about. And I want you to pray that the windows of heaven will open on this young man's life. That the power of the Holy Spirit would come down. 
And as you surrender all of you to Him, He's not only going to empower you, which He already has, but He's going to fill you and equip you to do what you've only thought you could. You'll pray with me. Lord, we lift up Zeke to you. Lord, we thank you for a heart that surrenders, a heart that's hungry, a young man that's willing to stand here and wait on you, Lord. And I ask that the power of the Holy Spirit, you would come. Fill him, Lord. Fill him, Lord, from head to toe. God, that you would take away any hurt, any pain. Lord, that you would just bring the peace that passes understanding. Lord, that you would pour it out into his life. We worship you, Lord.
you read in the Bible when they took everything and tells us that not one hoof was left behind I don't believe in rushing anything because if there's one hungry heart that's enough and if we were hungry might just see something different in your life happening. But I'm believing that that hunger will be contagious. That what the Lord has begun and is doing and will continue to do will be contagious. Because we live in such a fast-paced society, we want to hurry. what you may see is a young man hungry but the Lord sees his his child Father we praise your name give you the glory and the honor in this place Lord I ask for your Holy Spirit to be poured out Lord not only here but all every person that's in this place today God, as we surrender our lives to you, that you would pour out your spirit. God, that you would strengthen the weak, bring peace to the storms, healing to the hurt. Lord, even to the, those that are sick in body, healing, Father God. I pray that you would mend those wounds and, and even the, the mental uh, damage and scars that are there, Lord, that you take that away and bring peace, comfort. Lord, let us stand still in you today. Let us rest in you today, Father God. We give you all the honor and glory and praise. Never let us be ashamed of you, Father. We thank you. We praise you. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We praise your name. Yes, Father God, we praise you. We praise you, Lord. I want to tell you this morning, the water's already been troubled. <laughs> and somebody might wonder, well, why are you hurrying up? Why are you going on? Because there's a young man seeking all that God has for him. And if it interrupts your plans, then we'll see you later. But there's a young man seeking all the Lord has for him tonight or today. And nothing's more important. Nothing. Maybe if we had begin to seek him. Maybe if we would come and step into troubled waters <laughs> because the Lord hadn't given me any peace to do anything else but stand and wait stand and wait
as they continue to pray, I want you to celebrate with what the Lord is doing. What do you mean, what is He doing? He's changing, transforming at this very moment from the inside out <laughs> in a young man's life who no doubt will be used as a catalyst to start something fresh and new. Where? Right there in one way you because he's hungry. He's hungry. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. They continue to pray. We're going to be respectful of them, but also respectful of you and your time. 
knowing that today is a day that he'll never forget. The day that I won't forget. Because I can remember when I was a young fella searching for more of him and, and, and realizing he's all I need. Do you remember those times in your life when you just wanted all he had? And I hope that hasn't went away. That he's all that you desire. That you seek him with all you have. Lord, we thank you, Lord. Praise you. Praise your name. Zeke, I want you to look at me, sweetie. I want you to know that you have as much of the Lord as you want right now. You have all of him. He gave his life for you. And at the moment that you said yes to him, he, all of him came into you. You've got it all. And as the day goes on today, whether you're standing down here at the altar, you're at your Nana and Poppy's house, you continue to seek him. And he's going to continue to pour more and more and more over you. You have been blessed with wonderful grandparents that are going to continue to stand beside you and, and hold you up, hold up your arms. They're the ones that are going to be by your side every day, holding up your arms. But greater than that, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. He dwells inside of you. And today you've acknowledged Him. You've surrendered your heart to Him. And he's given you his best. He's given you his son, Jesus. And so today, don't stop. Because guess what? They're going to let go of your arms. But he never will. And you're going to walk out of here with your hands held high. Praising the Lord for what he's done. He's done a miracle in your life. Amen? He has. But this is just the beginning, and it keeps getting better and better and better. The more you praise him, the more he pours out. Oh, he pours out each and every day. So I want to encourage you that as they let go of your hands, you're going to keep them raised. Maybe not physically, but in your heart. It's a, it's a spiritual thing. 
that you're constantly surrendering your life to him each and every day. And he's going to continue to pour over you, in you, and through you as long as you daily surrender your heart to him. Amen? I'm proud of you. I love you. This is one of the greatest days of your life, and I'm so thankful that we all got to be a part of it. Amen? That's right. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. And what a day, Mother's Day, for us to remember that. Right? He's our Father. Even sometimes He takes the place. He, he's our all in all. He's everything, just like what they were singing. We might feel like earthly, we've been deserted, we've been let down. But He's our all in all. He will never leave you and never forsake you. And He has blessed you in a, a special, real way today. A way that you're never going to forget. You're always going to remember it. All right? I love you. restoration, reconciliation, healing. We got to witness it all today. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. He's good. He's so good. Amen. And amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. At this time, we're going to ask moms, if you have not put your name in the drawing for today, the bowl, just raise your hand. Has everybody put their name in the bowl? And I think the bowl is going to make its way up here. Somebody has it. It was not. There it is. Did, she didn't tell you the grand prize was a weekend getaway in Cancun? I wish. That would be nice. Right? Okay, so I need very quickly four volunteers. Let's see. I saw Jacob's hand go up first. Come on, Jacob. If you draw your own mom's name, it don't count. <laughs> yes, it does. Go ahead. Okay. He's not a mom. Okay. No, don't put it back in there. We yeah. don't want to draw it again. He just He's desperate to win something. Okay, draw another one. <laughs> Jason, Hannah, again. Oh, no, there we go. Mildred Turner. Mildred Turner. All right, Mildred, come on up. Choose you a flower. Okay, Gemma, come up, draw one. Pick. I'll take it. To... All right. You get to pick whichever flower you want, Mildred. That's the beauty of being drawn first. You want me to carry it back for you? Arlene Hart. <laughs> She, she's the one that I talked about laying hands on the flowers, claiming it, and it worked. Now, Arlene did. It just it carried Look, over to you too, Mildred. You told Gemma. You said, Gemma, you got to pick. Caitlin, come on up here. 
Come on, Caitlin. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Donna Beveridge. Oh. <laughs> All right, she did too. She was another one up here laying hands on the flower. Ask and you shall receive. Okay, Peyton, come on, last one. Vera Jimenez. Oh. <laughs> All 